You're listening to the We Talk Seahawks podcast, a podcast brought to you by Seahawks UK. Stay tuned to our weekly episodes for pre-game and post-game shows, as well as fun and engaging discussions, and hopefully some special guest interviews along the way. Thank you for listening, stay tuned, and go Hawks! Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? I hope you're doing fantastic. Um, I hope you've been enjoying some nice time off during the off-season like we have here at the We Talk Seahawks podcast. But Seahawks football is almost back. Um, well, it is back pre-season anyway, but the regular season is almost back. And it is time to talk all about the Seahawks yet again. With me again tonight, as always, is Pietro. Pez, mate, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, mate. Long time no speak. We're back on it. Long time no speak. We are. We're back on it. Um, have you been enjoying your time off? Yeah, well, I've not had any time off working. <laughs> working and yeah. listening to fantasy football podcasts. Oh, Mass- massive into my fantasy football now, even though it won't show in our league this year. But right. I think I'm an expert now. I don't think I'll be doing much better, to be fair, with um, some of the picks that I've made. Um I think one or two of them have already gone down with injuries during the pre-season, so that's me finishing <laughs> rock bottom. Um, so, um, yeah, um, obviously Matt can't join us tonight. He's a little bit busy with his own American football team, with his uni team. Um, so he won't be joining us tonight, but he will be back on in the future um, as we go forward into the regular season over the next few weeks and everything like that. Um, but tonight we'll just be going over sort of who we've seen in pre-season, who's sort of you know, taking our eye and stood out during the preseason. Um, who's been lighting up in camp and making some players during the well, well, pretty dismal two preseason games so far against the Raiders and the Broncos, respectively. Um, hasn't been great, has it? Um, it's a good job there were three o'clock kickoffs over here in the UK because we didn't have to stay up and watch that. Well, I certainly didn't anyway. Um, just a 10 12 minute highlight package on the NFL YouTube channel, and that was more than enough. Um, to get my... for... For the Seahawks, yeah. it was probably one minute. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. 10 minutes of Teddy Bridgewater and freaking, you know, just lighting our defence up on the last one. Um, so I am glad oh. I didn't I didn't stay up all night for that. Um, but, hey, no. but, but we don't we don't need to we don't need to chuck the fucking panic stations out yet, like oh, it's just pre-season, not a, not really a single starter playing. No. Apart from our man, all... John, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, the main man. The main himself. Yeah, yeah, everyone's on that train now. Yeah, um, everyone's on the hype train now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about, like, say, guys like John Brooks and guys who've out in the preseason and in training camp so far. And we'll be talking a few, but a little bit about the guys who haven't done so well in the preseason so far and who has the dreaded roster cuts are coming across the NFL. Um, you know, guys who are maybe on the wire a little bit. Um, in the Seahawks camp, um, and then we'll we'll briefly touch on our sort of you know our expectations of the team so far uh, going into the regular season. Um, we'll leave a proper sort of you know predictions and everything for a future episode coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll just be a quick one tonight. We won't keep this for too long. Um, we're just getting back into the swing of things here as the regular season starts to to get going again, and Seahawks football's made its return. So let's not waste any more time. Um, Pre-season, training camp, it's all kicking off. Who is standing out for us so far? Got a few lists of, you know, a list of a few guys here who I've sort of taken my eye a little bit during the pre-season um, and, and in training camp from what we've been hearing. Um, 
obviously it's quite hard to sort of you know watch training camp and everything the the the, the Seahawks were doing sort of like live streams and you know those highlight packages and everything um and like I said I didn't personally watch either of the two pre-season games in fall so I've just been picking up on on highlights and, and watching back a bit of film and and you know seeing what guys who obviously from stateside have been saying and, and related to the Seahawks media and everything but um I'll, I'll start off with 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 one guy and then obviously Pez if you want to sort of bring in someone else and we'll just go like that a bit back and forth on on guys who, who stood out for us um but for me I'll start with uh, the right tackle Jake Kerhan um one of the undrafted free agent signings that we made this season um he was a four-year starter at the University of Cal um and he has impressed during training camp um there's been a good sort of buzz about um Jake Kerhan and, he, and I thought he, from what I've seen of him, and from what people have been saying, in, in you know we've watched the the two preseason games, Kerhan's done very well at right tackle in, in the time that he's had on the field. Like say, you've got to take preseason with a pinch of salt and everything due to the, you know most of the teams in the first two games anyway playing you know a lot of second, third, and even fourth string type guys. But nevertheless, when Kerhan has taken the field, he, he's impressed during preseason. He's impressed during training camp. Um, I don't think he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll win the starting right tackle job off Brandon Shell. I think Brandon Shell had a very solid season last year since he came from the Jets. Um, but I think he has a very good chance of, of sort of taking that backup right tackle spot off someone like a Cedric Obwehi and maybe knocking knocking him down the, you know, the, the depth chart a bit and maybe going into the season and 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 picking up his roster spot on the 53 man as as the backup right tackle. Um, I don't know what your opinions of, of Kerhan are, Pez. I don't know if you've seen anything of him in training camp or, or in the preseason. Um, but he, he, in terms of the offensive line, I think he's the one who's probably stood out the most in terms of like, the rookies and, and new guys coming in. Yeah, I think um, he is the name being spoke about. Like Obviously, over in the UK, we don't get as much exposure and it's three in the morning for preseason. Yeah. And as the games have gone, it's probably a good thing we didn't stay up and like watch the second third strings get absolutely pasted up and down the field <laughs> for four quarters like but he yeah. is a consistent name who's cropping mm. up to say in in he's been thrown in in that spot and he seems to be serviceable definitely mm. a good potential um like he's got a good potential to i don't know whether starts are a good idea but he's definitely back up with potential to become a starter and with a boy he who's still out injured and a few of our old linemen who are still on the fringes and they've got knocks I reckon I'd be shocked if they cut him I, w- I would really be shocked if they cut him because he's shown that he's serviceable enough now yeah. would he is he going to be serviceable enough against an Aaron Donald I don't think anyone is but there's <laughs> hardly anyone out there but that's the kind of thing they're probably going to look at with him and say, like, he's got, they've got to be really confident with him to be able to, like, keep him on the 53 with the potential that he's going to have to, might have to start with the history of our offensive line and how banged up it can get. Um, yeah. But, yeah, at, at the moment, he's showing all the good signs, isn't he? Um, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a big offensive line guy. That's, like, Matt's pride yeah. and joy isn't it he, he's our would you say expert on the podcast when it comes to the o-line because he plays that position and yeah he loves a good good old o-lineman play doesn't need to start gushing over um 
but for the basics, for what people everyone's saying, yeah, he's, he's he's looking like he's going to be a really good prospect for us. Yeah, he does. Um, like I say, he's like you say, and I don't think he's it's a sort of a starting job that we're looking at in terms of Kerhan. But I think, like I say, I think he can. The competition for the backup position at right tackle isn't particularly strong. Like I say, it was Cedric Bobway he last season, so I think he's got a decent chance of beating him out if he continues to impress. Obviously, we'll see how much game time he gets in the in the final preseason game, where we're sort of expecting to see, you know, the, the majority of the starters take the field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. That'll be a good indicator to see if you know the Seahawks are prepared to put him out with the starters and everything like that. Um, so have you got someone in mind that you'd like to? to speak about yeah um obviously from the short snippets we've seen of him but i've always been a big fan of uh, gavin heslop i kind of like an underdog i've always liked him uh like since they drafted him um mm-hmm. he's taping that i just watched him and i thought i reckon he could if he shows it on the practice field and that he could be a good cornerback like one of them projects where Pete Carroll bring like brings him on, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh, right, who, who's this guy?" Yeah, um, and he's he's not done too bad. Like a few people have commented, like he, he what did he have? He had that tackle for lost, didn't he? Where he anticipated yeah. the running back and um, mm-hmm. just absolutely stopped him dead once he wrapped his legs up. That's good. Like I, I was just impressed with it. I looked at him and I think like yeah. with how weak we are at cornerback mm-hmm. like because we are weak so but yeah he, he's impressed me he's done some nice things um yeah to get me excited enough that with essentially how thin we are because if you if you're talking a killer with a spoon uh dj reed's banged up um yeah i don't know how banged up or last thing i read was he, he's carrying an injury mm-hmm. um He's carrying some sort of injury and he's not practiced yet. Well, it's a, a little bit of a concern. Like, it is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, it is, isn't it? When he's meant to be our star corner. And then you've got yeah. Killer Witherspoon who hasn't impressed me. Like, no, no, he hasn't been getting away from me. I've watched the highlights and he's been burned a couple of times. And now, if you were then relying on him to be just like the guy on the other side, so you've yeah. got. They're not 100% DJ Reed. Mm. You got Akella Witherspoon, who hasn't looked great in preseason. No. And then who else are you looking at? You're looking at Trey Flowers, and I think oh, that that whole project's done. Oh, this this has got to be his last year, by the way. Got to. Oh yeah, I, Pete's like always optimistic, though, isn't he? So he. Yeah. yeah. He will probably, in his head, think, oh, yeah, be, be able to get something out of him still. But I just don't know. I just can't see it. I can't I can't see him coming back. And then who who else? You've got, you got Trey Brown. I'm really excited for Trey him. Trey Brown, yeah. But I don't know whether he's ready to be thrusted into that starter spot. Because no. he... He's made some good plays in the two preseason games, and like, he would you say he's had some hype in training camp, but not mm-hmm. enough to get me overly excited. So, no. So, so then, no. so then, who are you looking at after that? You're looking at what? Just Randall. Re, yeah, reconverted Randall. 
Yeah, that's about it, really. Hislop, does he as as we're recording this? Does he has been cut? What I'm happy about yeah. because he's played terrible, mm-hmm. and that's it. That is literally it. So, Gavin Heslop mm-hmm. has got a perfect opportunity to mm-hmm. like create something for himself here, and I'd love to see it. Yeah. He's someone who stuck yeah. out of ever since we drafted him. I, I've always seen that though. I don't think, yeah, we drafted him. We didn't draft him. Sorry, we dra- he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And just watching his tape, just YouTube basic. I'm not an analyst. I'm not like, I don't break down film. But just watching it, it just gets you a little bit excited that he can make plays, he can make things happen. So, oh, yeah. He's a, he's a prototypical Pete Carroll type corner. You know, he's a you know, six foot guy, you know, athletic, quick. Um, obviously, looking good in the sort of, you know, tackling and, and you know, run defenses. He's looking like he's. You know, a strong point for him. So, and, and like you said, that the depth at the cornerback position, which you know, we'll we'll get onto in in you know probably in this episode and in future episodes. But the depth at the cornerback position really isn't strong outside of DJ Reed, and and that is really about it in terms of guys you can we can hands down trust. You know, we can trust DJ Reed when he goes in the field. You can't really trust Witherspoon and and, and the rest of the guys yet. So, if Heslop continues to you know play well and and and, and get some more game time and in the third preseason game against the Chargers this weekend, I don't see why he he won't make the fifty three. Um, Pete Carroll's yeah. been speaking highly of him, like you said, and and like I say it, the opportunity is 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 there for him to to really grab a grab a starting spot, really, because like I say, there's Witherspoon, and then and that and that's it, really, um, in terms of his competition for for cornerback too. Because I don't think they will put Trey Brown straight in there. Um, I think it'll be more special teams, kind of nickel corner, possibly. Um, but mm. yeah, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be nickel, nickel corner because we've got no. He he might do in that, you know rotation and that. He yeah. might he might do that, but with Ugo and uh, Marquis Blair, the, uh, he'd only get it on a on a third choice rotation. Yeah. Um. Well, just touching on Marquis Blair, that that's. An, an experiment that's sort of been sort of talks about recently in the Seahawks world about possibly moving him to outside corner. Could you could you see that? Um, in my in my head, just in my logic. So so people might listen to this and go, "What's this idiot talking about?" But as regular listeners to our show will know, I do come out with some gems. Sometimes they pay off, and I look like a genius. Other times, I look like a tit. But you know, that's what I'm here for. Um, but I've always thought Ryan Neal. I don't yeah. know why. I've always looked at him. I've always seen his style. Like I, I watch his style, and I just think he potentially could actually work as an outside corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just like Marquis. Um, in, in that yeah, in that nickel spot where he's yeah. in the middle and he just hits people and um, because we, the thing is though it's all it's been a theory hasn't it and if the Seahawks haven't even broached the idea in training camp then they clearly it's it's it's, it's a it's a non-starter but yeah. yeah so the thing is with Heslop is it, it's a lot of this stuff like his undrafted free agent and the college he came from. And things like that. So it would be a case where he'd probably be 
with what he's shown. Because like first game, five tackles, five solo tackles, um, five total tackles, five solo tackles, one tackles for loss and one pass breakup. Like that's a that's a game yeah. and a half. Yeah, and then really... and then but then you fast forward to the Broncos game and his stat line is a little bit quieter. Now I don't know what his rep count was or anything like that, but he only had uh one solo tackle and then one assist. So mm. then then it's like you Without without watching the full game and knowing what his rotation was and how much he was out there on the field, that seems like yeah. he, he wasn't on the field. So then you just don't know, do you? But it, yeah, I mean, he got a healthy amount of game time sort of last year when when I'd say when guys were getting banged up and and he did make some good plays, a couple of interceptions and you know a good sort of you know hard hitting type you know bit of a character kind of guy and I do like him. Um, I think consistency again we've seen in, in guys like Shaquille Griffin in, in, in seasons past and stuff like that. It's it's that consistency that separates, you know, your good corners from, you know, your your, your elite corners and your top class corners. And I just think that again, with pretty much with, with all of our corners, it's just that consistency really. Um they'll all have, you know, ability in, in their own right. But um like I say I think that's a good shout with Ryan Neal if he continues to sort of, you know, impress and, and, and sort of I think he could do with a bit more working coverage, but yeah, so. probably probably that would be his downside. That would be the negative, but it would be a way to get him on the field because yeah. it's like every time he's on the field, he might make some mistakes. Like there's some people out there who like to highlight it because he's a hype train guy. When he came yeah. in and took the pick and did another pick, and then people just like to put a negative on it. What's well, fair mm. enough? Some people break them down, do all that thing, but. Yeah, um, it just seems like a sponge to me. Like I think with the right teaching, he'll get better because he wants to get better. Yeah, yeah, he like, does seem a sort of enthusiastic. You know, want to learn as much as he can, kind of guy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, damn right. Um, yeah. so who would be your who be your next guy? Um. I don't. I could state someone who's had an obviously really good camp. I don't know whether to do that though, in the sake of. Well, go on then. Go on then. Say the name, um, and I'll tell you if it's stupid or not. TJ Dallas. Oh no, damn right. Yeah, you can. Yeah. We can that, roll with that. That's the that's the most obvious one to talk about, and by rights he deserves it because. Ah, uh, again. I, when we drafted him last year, I will go on YouTube. And I just find all these highlights and watch it. And um, I said to I said to my brother, check this guy out. Like I, I personally think he's a bit too small in stature mm. to be able to handle the NFL, but he looks like he could give us something. Like he, he could be serviceable. Yeah. And he showed it last year's in spurts, but I think being a rookie, being an experience, I I personally do think his stature. I think it all got a bit too much on top of him. So when the when he all got put on his shoulders, he was a bit like, "Oh shit, what, what, what?" And he was like running into the back of all linemen, and you know, he wasn't he wasn't finding his gaps, and he wasn't doing this. But the one thing he's great at, because yeah. I don't think he's great at going down the middle, he's great. No, no, he's not. At getting him on the outsides. Yeah. 
you get yeah. on the when, when he did that um when he did that return where yeah. did he go straight away i know obviously the train to do it but you see some skilled players they're weaving and diving and dodging and finding a gap anywhere he went straight to the side and yeah. ran down yeah. that bitch because that's yeah. what he's good at you get him on the what? outside he's yeah. unstoppable down that side he is he, is. he looks it and do you know what that talking about that return and that that surprised me so much because when you look at dj like you've said he's i know he, he is small but he's not sort of a you know i'm not trying to you know call him names or anything here, but he's not slim he's not your prototypical sort of slim running back who's sort of so like aerodynamic your typical kick return kind of guy he's a bit you know a bit more packed out he's a bit more muscle and a bit you know a bit more of a power back kind of guy but i tell you what he's got some jets on him to be fair and i think and i know you know you, you've got possible receivers in sort of like freddie swain or you know maybe I don't know, a kid, Johnson, or someone who you could put on your roster just specifically to do kick returns. But he looks such... And it just took me so much when I watched the highlights on my, on my phone at about half seven in the morning when I woke up. And I was sort of half, still half asleep, half awake. And I see DJ Dallas taking off down the side on a kick return. And I'm thinking, am I, am I still in a dream here? Or am, am I still sort of... Am I really seeing this? Because I just I, that can't be DJ Dallas I'm watching. And lo and behold, my eyes weren't deceiving me. He, he, like you say, he went straight for the sidelines, made about five, six people miss. And I just thought he, he's absolutely such a Swiss army knife that he, he, he after the power back, yet he's got speed. He can make people miss. He's good in the pass catching game. And like you say, that last season, I think, like, like you say, he, he was maybe trying to, and I know it sounds weird to, you know, say a professional player in the NFL is trying too hard but I just think he was trying to do too many things at once and trying to sort of you know like say trying a little bit too hard in terms of overthinking things and, and stuff like that last season and you know I think if he sort of gets his you know calms down a little bit in in sort of you know pressure situations and sort of you know starts just I, I don't I don't know but yeah you know what I mean? I just think he's such a potential player that we've got on our hands there and, and a guy who can beat out Rashad Penny for that number two spot, in my opinion. Oh, I think I think after this last game, the Rashad Penny experiment's done now. Yeah. Yeah. Because Pete Carroll, <clears throat> Pete Carroll turned around and said that Rashad Penny's going to get the bulk of the work in this mm. game, um, see what he can do. <clears throat> He's going to be like the lead for the game. What was it? He had one quarter and then just evaporated. And to me personally, that's because he, <clears throat> I don't think he can handle the workload. I no. genuinely don't. And it would not surprise me with the final cuts coming up soon. If you see his name, flash up it out. It wouldn't surprise me if I woke up and the sharp and he was cut. It really wouldn't. Like, you think? <clears throat> yeah, r- really. Like DJ Dallas puts another performance in. Hmm. The only thing that would save him, the only thing that would save him is Travis Homer has been injured. That's another concern. Like, so what do you do? Like, what do you do mm. there? Do do you roll with Josh Johnson? Could do. You've got Alex <laughs> Collins as well, haven't you? Oh yeah, sorry, you got Alex Collins. So actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't even do a predicament. You go. You He's go, getting cut either way then. <laughs> well, yeah, you go Chris Carson. You yeah. go Chris Carson, DJ Dallas. He's, to me, in two games, he's shown this improvement from last year because this is the thing with him. He's shown improvement in this game. Mm-hmm. And yet, pre-season, 
people will go, yeah, but it's only pre-season. Can he do it against the starters? But to me, he's shown enough in them two games. He has a solid third game. You're literally talking about him in, like, running, like, RB2 for the team. I think so, yeah. Because with Collins, it's a bit like his older injury issues. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of save him for special because because of how explosive he is and aggressive he is. Mm. If you have like a, if anything, the complement of Chris Carson and DJ Dallas is a one-two, might yeah. actually work a bit better. And then you've got Collins as a as a little like special guy who just runs explosive for a couple of plays, catches everyone off guard, cuts mm. open the D. And we get a chunk play, or he smashes it into the end zone because he's just a battering ram as a yeah. running back. Yeah, you look at them free sound, and then there's a lot of hype about Josh Johnson. So mm. you just stick Josh Johnson on the practice squad, and Penny and Homer. See you later. I I, I, I fully expect Travis Homer to get cut. That's a that's a nice little hot take there about Rashad Penny getting cut. And to be honest, I hadn't even considered it because I thought like. You know, his well, first round pick and everything like that. How could they possibly cut him? But he'd have to. Right? He'd have to come into this Chargers game and pretty much play all game, hundred mm. plus yards, like touchdown runs. To I personally think to even like to even fucking give himself a chance because he's not shown anything. And I defended him last year when people started hitting on him. It's like, guys, have you not just forgot? He's been out for like a year with a severe injury. Stop trying to stop trying to wrap that into his career Mm. when he can't prove anything because he's out injured for a year. Like Mm. before he got injured, we saw a sample of oh my god, this is what we drafted, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and unfortunately got injured. But I just feel like he's never going to get over that injury, and hopefully I'll be proven wrong because his skill set could really help us out is but his skill set was he's the type of guy to get to the second level and go like Chris Carson's a battering ram he's like the speed guy does he have speed anymore like does it yeah with with the injury he had does he have the speed anymore Mm. it's got to be taken even if it's not going to take at all in the next year or two say if he gets through the next like two or three years of his career fine surely the type of injuries that he's had would by the time he gets to his, you know, late twenties, early thirties, you you would imagine that it would start catching up on him again and, and sort of start becoming a bit injury prone again. So yeah. Um I, I could probably see it, like I say, it'd be interesting to see whether they try and sort of use him as trade bait or try and get anything for him. Because obviously he's still under contract for this year, or will they just straight up cut him? I mean they, they they showed they in a way, to me, they showed the hand by not giving them the extension. To yeah. me, it was you got to prove a lot this preseason, and you proved nothing. You've just proved yeah. that your legs can't handle preseason, let alone a full, mm. like a full competitive season with an extra game chucked in. Why, why, mm. why risk a roster spot when you've got such depth at wide receiver? Mm. Yeah, to a guy who inevitably is probably going to re-injure himself. Not like, I don't, not like I hate him. It'd be great no. if he proved me wrong and he became really serviceable and good, but yeah. 
sometimes you just like like everyone jokes, they're terrible with the first round picks, and sometimes, except for my guy Jordan Brooks, but sometimes you just gotta fucking cut the losses and just say he was a dud. Like the injuries took its toll, the injuries took its toll, and that's it. Um, but I just I can see it happening. I, I genuinely can see it happening with him. Um, yeah, like I say I hadn't even considered that, but I like that. I like that take. I'm gonna, got... I'm gonna chuck out now. There's a couple of, couple of young receivers that I like the look of. Mm. Who I think so. You take a sewer out, he's done. But was he gonna make the team? Mm. No. He's another Not one who, who I'd, I'd be very like he's he's one of them guys who gets caught and then maybe brought back for the practice squad like the last couple of years. But by by things that I read, apparently he was ready to find a new team if that was the case. Like yeah. I said, being stuck on the practice squad. Um, so with him gone now, um. I'm kind of disappointed in the Cody Thompson kind of. He just he's just fizzled out, so I imagine he's going to be gone. Mm. But the two I like the look of, and again, what YouTubing them, um, and watching how they play, mm. I like Aaron Fuller, who is second. I think he's in his second year. Yeah, from Washington. Is he, is he in his second year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like this year, I like the look of um, that, if I can say it right, Connor Weddington. Oh, out of Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. I liked watching his tape. And if I'm not getting myself confused, he was like a, a converted running back into wide receiver. Now, yeah. if it's true that Waldron's going to do all this fancy Ram stuff like jet sweeps and things mm. like that, he could he could really do that because he has the knowledge of a running back as a mm. wide receiver. And I just like I like watching him play. Like that's yeah. a, that's the kind of extent of my knowledge. My knowledge is. Well, he, well, he was the like one of the leading kick returners in college football last year. I think was he, or was he the number one? Return yeah, man. possibly at Stanford. Yeah, I'm sure he um, was. So yeah, he could find a role there, I suppose. And, and you got to look at it like so. Aaron you wash Husky, and then he's from Stanford, yeah. and then I just I like how they play because they could carve themselves almost like a Jermaine Curse role. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, I don't sure. know. I don't know if Pete's too far gone from that now. You got DK and Tyler there. Yeah. Can can that possibly happen? Because back in them days, you had Doug, and then just a merry-go-round of receivers. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we've got solidified one-two, like topping topping the league one-two at wide receiver. But I could see them playing that kind of role, and they probably won't. It, it, they're probably going to be practice squad guys again. Yeah, because um, solely of the depth. Of a wide receiver, but I just like the look of him. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're always something I've noticed in the highlights. They're always there in the short to intermediate game, and they're always mm. from what I've seen, 
people might turn around and go, you're an idiot. Like, watch watch the whole thing. But from what I've seen, they're always there, open and available to make plays. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying. I think even um, Kate Johnson, I think it's it's been, I mean, we're so staffed at wide receiver. We've got so much talent, yeah. you know, on the guys who are, like you say, potentially not even going to make the roster. There's, you know, I'd, I would fully expect Kate Johnson, Connor Weddington and uh, Aaron Fuller to make, you know, even practice squads yeah. at, at worst of, 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 you know, plenty of other teams in the NFL. So um, we've got absolutely, you know, tons of talent there. So so what, for wide receiver you've got? Aaron Fuller, Penny Hart, Kate Johnson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, um, Doris Robert Robertson Jr. If I'm saying that right, yeah, yeah, not yeah. not much of that. And then you got Freddie Swain, Cody Thompson, uh, Trev, Travis Trevoynian, and then Connor mm-hmm. Weddington. Mm-hmm. Like cut wise without talking about practice squad straight out the bat, the ones is that Travis Trevonian, um Cody Thompson, mm-hmm. that Robertson. Mm-hmm. And then like you got Fuller, Penny Hart, Kay Johnson, Lockett, DK, Freddie Swain, and Weddington. I think like you said, I think who out of them like more projects is the ones who probably are better on special teams like Kay yeah. Johnson for kick returning and things yeah. like that. Coddle Wenton, like like he used to do kick returning. I don't think he did any of that in these preseason games. No, I don't think so. I haven't seen any sort of uh, Kay Johnson about. against the Broncos or Kay Johnson won um run return for twenty three yards that Robertson, 30. Mm. He had a 30-yard return, and then DJ Dallas had two big chunk yeah. plays. Um, so, again, it's, it, it is hard because our exposure to training camp and the preseason is short. So, what I might have said, Pete, like, some people who know, have a bit more in-depth knowledge might just be like, well, you got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got that one, you tip. But probably how it'll go. I like them three. Like, yeah, it's interesting yeah, because D, DJ Dallas has done two kick returns both games, averaged twenty seven point five and then thirty six point. I think it was thirty six point five. So that might be the like the route they're looking at going with DJ Dallas. Maybe what might save yeah. Rashad Penny just to go back on yeah. that subject. But yeah. Them, them three, like, young receivers, I like I like them three. I think, you know, if someone gets injured or someone goes down... There's I a think, lot of depth there. Yeah, I think them three could easily be serviceable. Even, oh, if, yeah. even if it's a case of, like, DK Tyler take the double coverage. And, like I said, a lot of the highlights, the snippets we got, was mm-hmm. Aaron Fuller and... Weddington playing that short to intermediate. Yeah. And that could almost be a role like send Tyler and DK up the seams and then mm. let players like that who teams might not scout as intensely because it's just like, who's this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then he could Stop have himself a, day, a, a bit like yeah. last year on us. 
what was it? Um, the Falcons and the Cowboys, they're like third, yeah. fourth wide receiver, just absolutely having a day on us because yeah. they clearly just didn't bother scouting them. They probably did, like, but you know, it didn't seem like they did. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, like, say, it, it's taking them two guys, you know, look at even Eskridge and and and, uh, and Metcalf, take them all deep on the seams and, and open up the middle of the field for these sort of quick sort of. You know, dump offs and 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 you know, screens and that for the you know the guys like you say like uh, Johnson and and people like that. So I could I, I could I can get on board with them three. I say I think it'll be hard to fit all them in. Um, but even so, there's so much so much depth to that position. Um, so no, I can I can fully get on board with with those guys being the being you know picks of the of the training camp and preseason. Um, so on the flip side. Is, is there any guys that come to mind that I know we've probably touched on a few already that that sort of aren't doing themselves justice for preseason and probably on the cuts? I mean, guys like Flowers and that that we talked about come straight to mind for me who just haven't you know taken this opportunity to 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 you know really grab a a fifty three man spot and, and even a starting spot for the, for the respective positions. But is there, is there anyone that anyone that we haven't touched um, on that comes to mind for you? My biggest one from the takeaways from what I read on social media and what I watched was that um, desire. But I don't need to worry about that anymore because... Yeah, we cut him now. <laughs> yeah, as we're recording this, he's been cut and good old Luke's coming back. So that's always fun. That's always Just fun to have Luke back. Little, oh, yeah, Luke's back as well, yeah, but if you believe uh, all the reports that are going around at the minute. But just on that um, cornerback position at the minute, Bit of breaking news on the We Talk Seahawks podcast. Uh, the Seahawks have traded a seventh round pick in 2023 for Texans cornerback John Reed. Say I know a lot about John Reed. Um, I'm going off mm. Wikipedia here, which, by the way, can be edited by anyone. So take any of this that I'm about to say with a pinch of salt. But apparently, he was a fourth round draft pick um, in 2020 for the Texans. Um, didn't see a lot of play time. Well, so pretty much no play time last season for the Texans. Um, according to Wikipedia, his current stats um, as of week 17 in the 2020 regular season were 13 total tackles, no forced fumbles, no interceptions and one pass deflection. So, I mean, it's a 2023 conditional seventh round pick. So it's obviously, you know, a guy, he's 25. They've obviously seen some form of, like Pete Carroll likes to do, you know, seeing some form of athletic trait or something that he believes he can unearth out of someone. Um, and that probably correlates to the opening from Pierre Desir's cut, you know, getting another guy in um, to replace Desir and see if he can, you know, surprise a few people. Um, so that's a little it's, bit of... Go on. This, could, this could take us down a bit of a rabbit hole from our uh, oh, when don't planned, planned talk, but it, it's worrying then. Like, they're coming to pre-season game three, yep. and we're two weeks, is it? two weeks or three weeks away from the first game week and the trading for unknown cornerbacks. Yes. Is Peter Rowe going to do one of his stupid things and just try and is and be optimistic in creating something at cornerback? I mean it, it look I mean why else would you trade like if it, it, all I'm saying is this guy better do something because we've already given up. I know it's only a seventh round conditional pick in 2023, so two drafts away, but still, like, <laughs> he better come in and do something because I don't just want to hand out draft picks to, for, for no reason. Um, so, 
I've just seen some someone put on social media that apparently when teams draft for these types of players, mm. when teams draft for these types of players, it's basically so um, the players who are going to get cut from their respective team, but they trade like a seventh rounder. So then yeah. they don't lose him in the waivers. So yeah. it must have been a player they've been looking at. Yeah. So obviously they thought, like say, it then, must have been he, a player they've been looking at. Yeah, that he'd have got picked up on waivers, or you know, possibly ahead of the Seahawks, have given up a conditional to to sort of sign him as a priority. So uh, yeah, something in him. Um, like I say, if, at, at this point, if he's if he can cover the football relatively well and he's and he can tackle, he'll probably get a starting spot for the Seahawks at cornerback anyway. Um, so. Hopefully, hopefully there's someone there. Like I say, I haven't heard much about John Reed. So, anyway, that's like I say, a little bit of a rabbit hole, a bit of breaking news on the We Talk Seahawks podcast. But um, yeah, hopefully that's uh, a guy who can come in and, and contribute. Um, I'm going to call it now that I think that cornerback is going to be cornerback is going to be that a couple of weeks into the season is where John Snyder. Does one of his remarkulous? Um, or Xavier Howard? Um, they've created cap space with the Jamal Adams contract. Mm. Um, is it enough? I don't know. Are you looking at a Gilmore? Are you looking at Xavier Howard? Are you looking at CJ Anderson? Uh, Henderson, sorry. Yeah, 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 CJ Henderson, yeah. who's. Apparently, he's got a bit of personal stuff going on, but I just had a look then, and he had a he, he played in a he had a rep last night, right? So he must still be willing to. And there was a lot of hype about him. I think I remember a lot of Seahawks pages yeah. talking about him as a potential draft for the Seahawks. Now, mm-hmm. if he's got his personal situation sorted, is he a guy they might be quietly looking at? Seeing as the Jags and the Seahawks love to just, you know, trade players off. And... We've given them one of our corners already this year. They can give us one of theirs. Exactly. Just yeah. a straight swap, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, for me, in terms of someone who hasn't stood out, um, oh, to be, I'll, I'll, like I say, I haven't seen much of him in pre-season. Um, but Likewise, I haven't heard much sort of being reported about him whilst, you know, during training camp and everything like that. And he was a guy who I was hopeful that would sort of come in and, and sort of, you know, take everyone back a little bit by how, how good he is. Because I really liked the undrafted free agent sign that he was. And that was the linebacker, John Ratigan, out of Army. Um, I really liked that, that undrafted sign. I, I liked the player coming out of college. I thought he could have been drafted. Um but, but obviously, I, I was I was over the moon that we picked him up. Um, he's coming to training camp. And I haven't really. It, it's all gone a little bit radio silent on him. I haven't really heard much sort of, you know, opt, well not optimism, but sort of you know rave reviews or reports. It just seems all a little bit quiet on his front. I haven't seen much of him in the preseason. Um, like I say again, didn't watch the games. Only just seen snippets of highlights and stuff like that. But it just seems to have gone really quiet with Ragan. Um, I don't, I don't know what what's up. I don't know whether he's nursing an injury or, or something like that, that that's possibly keeping him out. 
I, I, I really don't know, but I, I really expected Rattigan, and especially now with Ben Bakirvan going down injured, um, and with that sort of third cornerback, um, not cornerback, linebacker spot, um, well up for grabs now with with with, with BBK injured. It's 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 Cody Barton, or you re-sign, um, you know, KJ Wright, which they've been absolutely adamant that they didn't want to do because they want to, you know, press on with the young guys, but. Um, or, or it's a bit of an unknown, unknown guy in Daryl Taylor, or do you try and move into my or someone back to line, you know, to, to line back? That, that's the kind of options I've got. So I thought John Rattigan coming in, I thought, you know, he had a chance of making the 53 man. And now with BBK's injury out for the season, there's a bit of an opening there. I thought, you know, if he has a good preseason, he could really compete to, you know, to get some play time. Um, you know, next season, uh, you know, as a sort of, you know, as a backup kind of guy. But oh, I just haven't, haven't heard much from him. I don't know what you've heard from about Rattigan or, or if you've heard anything or have an opinion on him. But yeah, I was I was hopeful of him, and it, and it seems to be waning a little bit. Yeah, um, I let's have a look. Yeah, I don't um, know. Too. There we are, fifth of August. It's saying that he's nursing. He was saying he was nursing a hamstring injury, so I, I reckon right. that's kept him out. Because I right. checked on the Seahawks uh, official page, and they're not listing him as injured or anything. But all it says here is, um, well, it says he could, he could be available for the preseason opener. Um, so sure. it, it it must be worse. But I, from what I heard before, it went radio silence. Mm. Um, like listening to a few podcasts I listened to and that um, who are like beat reporters apparently in training camp he was a hype guy to them like right. they were saying like his, his command on the field and his like so I, I reckon he might get lucky with the how thin the linebacker group is yeah. Um, and, and maybe squeeze on the 53, but more than likely, I reckon they'll keep him around um, and put him on the practice squad, maybe, and go yeah. off what... Because if, I, if I'm right in seeing, and I've been looking at his name for this whole podcast saying I want to speak about him because I've heard a few people hyping him up. Now, it's Lekeem Williams. Yes. The yes. guy... Was he undrafted from Syracuse? Yep, that's the one. Yep. Um, there's a, there's been a bit of hype buzzing around him. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that in recent days as well. See, they've not they've not even updated the. See, haven't updated the roster. So yeah, in the last game, he, he mm. kind of highlighted a few people like saying like, oh, he, he could be a beast. Like he got three tackles, one assist. Yeah. And then you look at the Raiders game. He had three tackles, so quite steady. But um, yeah. there's a, a few people, like, a few pages in that follow. They've been saying like he, he might be a little shock guy mm. that people might not have heard of, and he might manage because of the injuries and that. He might have played his way into if he has a good third game. He might play his way into a spot. Yeah, but be interesting. Um. But yeah, on Radigan, no, that's that. I, th- I thought I heard he picked up an injury. Mm. I heard he was doing all right in training camp. Then he picked up an injury, and then it just all went dead. Yeah, is that a sign? Is that a sign that he's Possibly. done? 
Mm. God knows. Possibly. Um, yeah, like I say, I, I, I was hopeful of him. So if he is nursing an injury, then fair enough. Um, you know, but if if it's if he's not, and if he's coming out the other side of it, and it's, we're just not hearing anything on him, like you say, that's a little bit concerning. Um, like I say, it's another position that you know has a spot. You know, not wide, wide open, but it, it's up for grabs really because I don't think Cody Barton is, you know, many people's ideal third-choice linebacker. Um, but yeah, like I say, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm still hopeful that Ratigan can possibly be involved this weekend if if he's if he's fit and healthy. Um, and I might say, you know, making the practice squad and you know, give, give him time to get healthy. And I think there's a player there. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a disappointing start to his to his Seahawks career in my opinion um is there anyone yeah, else you, you, yeah, you have the just on the linebackers you had the European guy but yeah Aaron Donko yeah yes solely because he doesn't he doesn't class to the full we're saying that he's going to be on the first like he's going to be on the roster because he doesn't count to it so he's almost like sealed his spot yeah. would you say but yeah, yeah, there was hype on him at the start. Like Peter Carroll spoke about him a couple of times and hyped up, and and then it's kind of gone a bit quiet. And yeah. I think if I remember rightly, yeah. in the last game, some people said he made a few mistakes, and that um, I might be getting that wrong, but I'm sure his name cropped up in a, a negative light um, in one of the preseason games. Yeah, I think it was the last one. Um, I don't. I think that's about it. Really, it's more. It's not so much players individually mm. except for the ones we spoke about mm. it's more like the the at the end of the day as long as we've got jordan brooks and bobby wagner <laughs> linebacker will be all right won't it? yeah he's gonna be safe like yeah i've been on jordan brooks ever since we drafted him and everyone spat the dummies out and went patrick coon was there why are we doing that and patrick green had that one good game and everyone started jizzing over him and going <laughs> oh, we've got fucking jordan brooks and what and then towards the back end of the season he showed everyone what he's capable of mm-hmm. and then for whatever reason out of nowhere he's just blown up nfl wide talking as a breakout guy he yeah. could be he, 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 he's in question so like defensive player of the year like <laughs> i think that might have been just someone crack on social media yeah. to be honest but um it, i think it was just me i made it up in my head and that, that, that's a dream but the hype train's real on him and that's yeah. all anyone wants to talk about on defense in the preseason. everyone's just gushing on him so as long as we've got bobby as long as we've got brooks put daryl taylor on sam Apparently he's been doing all he do, does all right in that role, and then there was another lineman. I can't remember who else they were trying out in that spot. Yeah, but I'm not too stressed out about linebacker. It's a cornerback position, like. It's a, but we spoke about it in depth, so really, like for me, it's more the cornerback position out of all the positional groups. That is the danger. It's a big sort of question mark surrounding the entire thing. For one sec, say it's not really the offensive line, apart from maybe the centre position. But you know, it it really is so far. It's it's just this cornerback position. It's DJ Reed, and then the rest are a bit of a mystery, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting on to the expectations for the year from what we've seen so far. It's a bit mm. hard because we've not seen any starters, and. Yeah. What are your thoughts 
what are you, what are your feelings take away like what season because it doesn't matter we've not seen Ross we've not seen Tyler we've not seen DK just what is your gut feeling coming into the season what what how do you reckon it's going to pan out my gut feeling is that we will be a strong team because um, I think that like I say this team is as talented as we've had you know, up and down the roster since the the days of you know the Super Bowl era and, and everything like that. So, I think it, it can't be argued that Russell has his most talented group of receivers that he's probably had in 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 Seattle. Yes, he's you know had Doug Baldwin and 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 Jimmy and Curse and and people like that. But as a whole, you know, you look at Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Eskridge, and all these young guys that we've mentioned. You know, th- there is so much strength and depth in that position. He's got two good tight ends in Will Disley and Gerald Everett and then obviously you know possibly and it looks like Luke Wilson coming back who's serviceable at, at his age now even so um so he's gonna have you know three strong tight ends there <coughs> Colby Parkinson nursing a bit of an injury but will hopefully be ready you know no later than the halfway mark he'll be a beast by the way just he telling you now well, when I like it. when he gets back and Russ starts finding him and Russ realizes <clears throat> oh shit I've got an absolute giant tank who's got <laughs> glue like hands yeah i'm just gonna start passing to that fucking idiot all right Bye. every time in the red zone like <coughs> who, who's, who's who's covering him i don't get it he's, he's six foot seven odd and didn't drop a pass in his final year at stanford like just throw the ball with him inside the 20. <laughs> damn right I'm, I'm high on him he's another guy i'm high on um and i'm i was pissed when it, i saw it come across that he done damaged his foot but yeah. it looks like it was a bit of an over, it was a bit of a like over exaggeration, and apparently yeah. he might still be ready for week one. So fingers crossed, because yeah. I, I think that tight end group could actually shock a lot of people yeah. with this new offense. It's strong. It is strong. Um, so yeah, like I say, I mean, receiving weapons, he's got. I think, in my opinion, anyway, the most talented group he's had up and down the, the offense. The offensive line looks better. You, you trade for Gabe Jackson. Um, it's only really the center position, and obviously we need to tie down Dwayne Brown at the minute, but I, I imagine we'll get that done. Um, so it's only really the center position with Ethan Porsick that's possibly a bit of a question mark. But then the defensive line, again, last season, you know, well, the, the second half of last season, anyway, looks well, it was. It was a completely different unit. It went from being, you know, dead last at one point to, you know, the, the, the top defensive line in terms of sack production and, and getting to the quarterback. We've, we've brought back most of the guys from that defensive line, you know, most notably Benson Mayora and, and, and Carlos Dunlap. Um, so you get them two back. You're hoping that, again, like I say, we touched on the linebacker spot, you know, even though, you know, Bikurvin's injured and, and so far yet, as, as, of, as of the time recording, we haven't brought back KJ Wright, which I still think is, is, a, is a possibility. And even more so now, like I say, with, with Ben Bikurvin's injury. Um, so that position is, is fine. And, and again, it'll be, you know, one of the more talented linebacker groups in the NFL. Um, safeties, I think we've got, you know, two of the best safeties in the NFL in, in, in Quandria Diggs, who's criminally underrated. Um, and, and then you've got, obviously, Jamal Adams, who were tied to a four-year, $70 million contract and made him the most expensive player at his position. Um, you know, that, that's a debate for another day. But um, you, you've got two top-class safeties there. You've got one top-class safety who we hope will be healthy come week one in, in, in DJ Reed. You're hoping that Akello Witherspoon will put a, a you know relative disappointing preseason behind him. And, and like I say, again, he's, he's an athletic free got all the traits to be a top cornerback. We just need him to put it all together. 
um, is a bit like that sort of um, signing that we've, that we've made in, in recent years with, with the cornerback position, guys like Quinton Dunbar and, and guys that who, who have ability but haven't always put it all together. Witherspoon's another one like that. Um, so hopefully, you know, you're banking on him putting it all together. But as a whole, I, I am confident we'll go better than, than last season. Certainly, I think we'll we'll, go, we'll we'll surpass the wild card. But you know, anything anything's possible with this team. Um, you know, we've got a really, you know, there's, there's a low ceiling um, for me. It, it's it's it, it's playoffs or bust. It, it, it's a it's a make or break year for the Seahawks really in terms of the, the whole Russell Wilson situation that's been going on and it's and everything. For Pete Carroll. It's make or break for Pete Carroll. It's make or break for Russell Wilson. He wants to see progress. He wants to start winning again in terms of you know bringing home some a bit of you know proper silverware again. Um, it, it is. It, it's a real crossroads season for the Seahawks. It could go you know drastically wrong. It could go you know it could go fantastically well. Um, it, it, it is a bit of an unknown. We are a bit of an unknown team at the minute. It, it was so hard to predict, but I'm I'm, I'm confident that we'll have. A, a strong season. My my gut is telling me that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go better than last season at, at least. Um, I'm not going to throw out any, you know, you know, game by game or, or you know record predictions. We'll save that for a future episode. But no, I think I think there's plenty of reasons to be optimism. There's there's more pros than cons going uh, going into this season. Um, but no, I think yeah, I'm 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 confident. I'm hopeful. Um, I don't know what you think. Again, I, I imagine you're in the same boat again with a cornerback position and everything like that. But we've got reason for optimism, haven't we? Uh, yeah, we got we we do have reason for optimism. Um, I, I I was thinking about this um, the other day before we did the podcast, and I thought I'll, I'll see what you say. And then I, and I was thinking about it, and I thought I have a feeling. Don't break my heart here. Our offense might struggle at the start, and it could be very dangerous because of the teams have got to play at the start. Yeah. It's it's just I understand don't play starters like in preseason, but when you're doing a totally new thing on offense, mm. and then you hear from like beat reporters and that saying that the offense weren't clicking, they weren't getting it, they were throwing lots of picks, they were dropping the ball, they were doing this, they were doing that. Think people are getting a bit overexcited with this. They're almost trying to cover the fact of what this team is, essentially a Pete Carroll-ran team. Mm. By the fact that Shane Waldron's coming with this new Gucci offense, what's explosive and great and this and that. I don't know. I think the person who benefits most from this scheme, and I think will remind everyone why he's one of the best receivers in the league is Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I agree. Because Tyler Lockett, it's his style of play, but it's his IQ of the game. It, it, he suits unpredictability, doesn't he? And, and this is what we've been promised with Jim Morgan. It's, it's that, but it's also picking up the playbook quicker. Quick enough. Mm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's the one who's going to be alert. So, I reckon it's the, we, we might look at, at the start of the year, until all our pieces start clicking into play and all the plays and all this and the other. I just feel like it might be almost Patriots-esque. Like, I'm not yeah. saying it's a dud. It's a dud, because if it... What we see on paper materialises on the field, mm. then we are up there 
in that bracket of teams yeah. who should be able to be fighting in the NFC West, um, NFC Conference mm. for getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, like we said, concerns, cornerback could be a massive problem. Uh, what could hinder that? But we've seen in the past when the defence is shit, that just rushes fucking goes off and just starts doing whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but I just think at the start of the year, I think it might be a bit more sluggish than people realise it's gonna be. I could be wrong. It's gonna take time, isn't it? It's like I think, yeah. I, th- I think people might be looking at last year going, oh my God, with this new offense and all these schemes and all these ideas and all these plays, we're gonna be unstoppable. But I think if anything, it's gonna be stutter, 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 stutter set on fire. Yeah. What I prefer. Like I prefer us to start slow and get hot to the playoffs. Because one thing the Seahawks used to do when in the Super Bowl eras was they used to build up through the gear. Yeah. And then they used to get unstoppable. Like yeah. defense was always there on it. But if you think about it, the defense at this like the 2013 year, the defense kept them in the game mm. and then yeah, and then Russ did his fourth quarter magic so many times but then the back end of the year everything clicked mm. yeah that, that, that's the point that because we always seem to start off really hot and then fade away so yeah. like and yeah. if we can just flip that like I'm not saying lose all like all you know the first you know half of our regular season games but if we can just flip that momentum and, and go with that momentum that we have in the start of the season into the playoffs I, I, we, I think we should be a really hard team to beat. Um, I think more so of, of a stumbling block than potentially the cornerback position will be is is the division that we play in because it's just so strong. If, if the 49ers can stay healthy, you know the Rams are always a, a tough team to beat. They're always a bit of a pain in the ass, and 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 the Cardinals have, have got talent right. on both sides of the ball as well. So I'm not taking anything away. They're really strongest, the strongest division in mm. the NFL, but. Mm. I think the Cardinals are a myth. Oh, there's the hype team. I don't, I don't believe Kyler Murray. I think he's one more bad hit away from never being 100. <laughs> percent Do you think? Well, he, he proved it last year. He proved it the, yeah, the year before he got banged up. Last year he got banged up worse. Yeah, true, true. So people are going to figure him out. When you're not that great at throwing the football, maybe because of your stature or whatever, and all you've got is running, all you need is someone to catch him off guard, whack him hard. He's a small-built guy. See you later. That team it has got a load of weapons. I don't yeah. think the head coach knows how to use them all. I don't think mm. he maybe could handle the personalities what are on that team. So, meh. The Rams. you got McVeigh. He's always going to be an issue, but they yeah. lost. They lost Staley. True. Like everyone's like Rams are number one defense, but they lost the guy who created him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm. you've lost Cam Akers. Yeah, true. Can Daryl Henderson handle the full season? Proving that picks up injuries. So then McVeigh's diverse, using the run game and doing this and doing that. What happens there? I don't think, unless Tutu Atwell surprises a lot of people, I don't yeah. think the wide receivers are that good. No, it's Cooper Cup, and that's about 
it, it, well, well, Cooper I, is the only one. Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Robert Woods like yeah. he's, he, he is underrated, but I, I don't. Also, at the same time, I wouldn't rate him as a DeAndre Hopkins. No, no. And then you've got the Niners. They're, they're, the they're our biggest threat, aren't they? Oh yeah, um, by by far. What yeah. you've seen from Trey Lance at preseason, like mm. that's scary. But then also, I look at Trey Lance and just think. For whatever reason, baffles me. I don't know, but it, in my head, I just think he's another Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I just you're convincing me that we're going to win the NFC West now, and I like it. Keep going. Well, I'm going to convince you that we're going to win the Super Bowl. You know oh, what I'm saying? Then. But, um, but yeah. So the Rams and the Cardinals. I need to see what they are now. They've lost some key, but well, the Cardinals. Yeah. It's it's as long as Kyler Murray can keep going and Cliff Kingsbury doesn't become predictable like he's shown. Yeah. And then the Rams, they've lost a few key pieces no one's talking about, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the 49ers are almost like the seaplane giant who are ready to wake up now because everyone's healthy yeah. and they've got weapons everywhere. Yeah. So I think they are going to be... They are gonna. They they will be our challenge in the West. But then I think if we do do a deep run into the playoffs, they're gonna be our challenge. Super Bowl for the Super Bowl. Yeah, or I, I could, and, I, and to be fair, I kind of do want to see it. But I, I and I can I, I would love it. But I I could I can't see why not. It wouldn't be uh, Seahawks Niners NFC Championship game if if both teams can stay healthy and and like say you know our cornerback position isn't as bad as it. As, as we think it might be, and if, if, if uh, I, I could see a, a rematch there from from twenty thirteen, yeah, and then off that rabbit hole into the division, uh, back to what I was saying about starting off slow. But then another thing, me and my brother were talking about, and uh, my brother brought up a very valid point, and he said, "I don't care about preseason. People mm-hmm. on social media are getting a bit overhyped about preseason." But he he made a very valid point and said, "Why?" Like he says, it, it's it's more confusing why the Seahawks haven't put more points up. He says it's mm. almost like it's almost like they're deliberately. He says he just feels like they're deliberately doing it because you've got a brand new OC with a brand new playbook. Why mm. would you go and waste it in preseason with your second and third round, uh, your second and third There's string guys? Theory. Yeah, I like that. So you're telling me that we're not so. I, so you reckon that we've still got Schottenheimer's playbook and we're just using the rest of that up and then we're waiting for the regular season and we'll be like, right, now we'll use Walden's playbook. I don't know if it's almost Schottenheimer's. I think it might be. Do you know some of the more basic... Yeah. Some of the more basic offensive plays in his playbook mm-hmm. over yeah. what he's going to make Russ do? I like that. Yeah. And get on board with that conspiracy theory. Exactly keeps uh, keeps the optimism flowing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I think that's that's pretty. Because like you say, why would you? I don't think you would, you know, show the the world what you've got in in your playbook in preseason. I think that is a bit stupid. So no, I yeah. can I can see why that possibly might be happening. Because um, like I say, even with the backup guys, I would have expected us to score more than three and seven points in. In, in in two games, yeah, it, it, it is odd, isn't it? It's like it it's is. almost like they're keeping it under wraps. Yeah, it might yeah. not be. That might be an optimistic take, but when he said it, I was like, do you know what? You actually make a bit. Of, like, it makes good sense that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I um, like that. 
but I still though think just because it's a complete change and if Pete decides not to meddle mm. and leave Waldron to it, I think there's going to be some growing pains in the regular season. But yeah. for me, I would like to see it because yeah, yeah. that means that they're still getting things together. And not necessarily meaning losing the games. It's just, mm. you know, they're going to be them dog, them like three-point wins, six-point wins, what no one wants to see anymore. But if they then evolve into 10-point, like, you know, 10-point, 12-point blowout wins towards the back end of the season and we get hot again. Mm-hmm. Like, almost Brady's a master of it. He used to do it in the Patriots all the time. Yeah. And then he did it with the Bucks. Seven and four. Seven and four mm. when they got destroyed by uh, the Chiefs during the season. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was like, oh, fucking hell. That's it. They're washed. And then he just went on a run. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening again. So uh, that's what I think anyway. I'm not getting, I'm not getting overexcited until I see week one. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stand by my point that I think the person who'll keep it going alive, you're going to see, you, you, like DK is DK. He's always going to get open. He's always yeah. going to beat, like, he's always going to beat 90% of the people marking him. But I mm. personally think we might see some more of that Ross Tyler connection again because yeah. I just I just think this kind of playbook is going to pick it up a lot quicker than everyone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. I think you'll see a lot more from. Well, not 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 necessarily a lot more from our receivers because they, they do plenty in, as, as they do anyway. But I think I think we'll see a lot more dynamic plays, a lot more sort of um, like say unpredictability, a lot more different looks. And I'm, I'm excited to see how we use Gerald Everett and, and the tight ends in this system, and and even the running backs out in the in the passing game. I think you know the likes of Dallas and who, who is good in the passing game could have a real impact this season if if we decide to to use him in the passing game with with Waldron's offensive play style. So. No, I think um, I think we both agree. There's reasons for for optimism. Um, like I say it'll take time with this new new scheme, but it's exciting. It's new. Um, you know, all, all we're hearing is, is is positive things in terms of the new offensive system. And like I say we've brought back you know a lot of guys from the defensive line. So yeah, I think I think we can expect another good season from the Seahawks. Um, I think it'd be right to call us contenders. I don't think we're Super Bowl favourites. I don't think we can put ourselves in that. Um, bracket yet, but I think we're contenders. Um, so that, that's our sort of end of preseason coming at the regular season expectations at, at the moment. We'll talk obviously, you know, a bit more in detail, and we'll, and we'll do some actual sort of you know game by game, um, you know, schedule predictions um, in a in a future episode. But that wraps it up nicely for this episode. Um, so yeah, thanks just, for listening. Uh, I've just got a, a hot take. I just realised that on my uh, headset I use, where I've got my mute button on my headset, it doesn't actually work. Right. So I just hope I've not done any heavy breathing down the uh, <laughs> mic for most of this episode. Well, I, haven't um, any, I haven't heard any suspicious breathing down my, you know, down my earlobes. This, uh, so, this so episode. that's good. Yeah. My I think hot you... take with Waldron as offensive coordinator is. DK is going to burn Jalen Ramsey twice this year. My hot take is everyone everyone takes the piss because oh, 
Jalen Ramsey's his dad and this time over he owns him. He's got him in his back pocket. This is the year where DK is going to destroy him both games. And he's gonna he's gonna be lined up against him intentionally to burn him. My theory on that is one because Waldron should be the expert on how to beat Jalen Ramsey. Yes, that's a good point. And that's it. That's all I've got. That's it. And that's, D- that's all you've been. <laughs> and and DK is going to eventually, as he evolves, because he just seems like one of them guys who's just every year he's just going to evolve and get better and yeah. add new things to his play. Hmm. With Waldron and his growth, I think he will. This is the year where he turns the tables and he starts getting the upper hand on Ramsey. And then we're going to laugh because Ramsey's going to start spitting his dummy out. They'll request a trade, won't he? Like, like Jacksonville, and uh, when it's not going his way. And, and yeah, exactly. To be fair, like so, who, who, who was it when he, um, when he tried sprinting across the box, when he was marking someone? Oh, who were they playing? Was it the Chiefs? Was it uh, Tyree Kill? That sounds about right. And he just got absolutely caught off, and then he started spitting his dummy out, bouncing <laughs> up and down. To be fair, there's nothing much more of a, of a greater sight in the NFL than seeing Jalen Ramsey spit his dummy out. As much as, as he's a good corner, I would love to see DK manhandle him next. Oh, yeah. Next. I, w- I want to see DK body him. I want to see oh, yeah. DK high point the football and then sit on his head. I want to see him lay him out in a, in a run block where he, he paves the way for a DJ or whoever it is, Chris Carson Dallas, to fucking punch it in. And Jalen Ramsey has to watch it from his backside looking up at DK Mecca. That, I, that I, I want him to do uh, uh, Derek Henry on Earl Ooh. Thomas style shit. I want him to get oh, the yeah. ball and Ramsey stood off him and he just runs at full speed and absolutely trunks him, sends him flying and then just dances into the end zone and then gets brought back for a flag because the NFL is soft and <laughs> brought that new ruling. <laughs> Uh, that's probably how it goes with the Seahawks. It's, uh, we can never have any fun. It's always a flag at the end of the play. Um, <laughs> uh, like I say, that wraps it up nicely for this episode. Um, I'll let you in on, on a little bit of a sort of, well, not a secret, but um, a bit of a plans going forward um, as to what we'll be doing with the with the podcast as the regular season gets underway. Um, we'll be starting a new sort of um, few midweek series um, with, with episodes and stuff like that. So um, you'll be seeing more uploads in terms of you know, you know us, us lot just coming on and, and, and ranting if we want to rant about something for an hour um but you know on our by ourselves and in little individual episodes and we also want to get you guys involved as well the listeners um so we'll be starting again another another episode we'll try and do it every week um uh, the, the 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 name that's in the pipeline for for the series at the minute is get it off your chest um so basically we'll ask you guys to come on and if you've got a an opinion that you can't you just want to tell the Seahawks community that whether it's a you feel so strongly about a player's performance you know good or bad or you don't like the coaching or that there's something Seahawks related that you just need to get off your chest we'll invite you onto the show you can get in contact with us um via our page on Twitter or Instagram just search we talk Seahawks UK um on Instagram and Twitter um but obviously we'll, we'll, we'll put stuff out posts out um when we'll be you know, asking for people to, to come on. Um, so if you've got an opinion and you want to air on the show, you want to come on the show and, and sort of, you know, broadcast it to, to our listeners and, and to ourselves and we'll sort of evaluate it, we'll judge it, um, we'll go over it and we'll talk about it with you. Um, so just a way to get 
get you more involved in in the podcast as we go forward in the regular season with some new ideas and stuff like that so um yeah um hopefully we'll be doing another episode later this week um where we'll be talking about um like i said the 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 end of the pre-season we'll we'll go over the the game um from the charges and everything and, and we'll we'll look at how we how we go game by game doing you know game predictions and 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 put together a final record prediction um and and hopefully we'll have matt back with us and everything like that and um yeah a bit more normality as we go into the regular season and and stuff like that but that wraps it up for tonight as we as we've covered the the pre-season so far who we thought has stood out and and is maybe not standing out and, and how we're sort of feeling about the season at this moment in time um so pairs mate thanks for joining me tonight loved it again yeah good to be back mate good to be back it is mate good to be back um so yeah no thanks for thanks for listening everyone as always um stay safe and everything hope everyone's been staying safe during the during the off season um so keep staying safe um if you go into central Field this weekend if you're listening from the states you are very Blue very lucky of, yeah well lumen field i keep calling it century i can't get because century link's better than lumen field century link is better than lumen. it's a shit name in it well i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Glad I'm not the only one who thinks that. It's going to take some time for me to start calling it Lumen Field consistently. So as we move forward in podcast, don't, you know, try not to get annoyed if I call it Centurion Field. I can't promise that I'll never will ever don't again. Don't worry, I'll be here to correct you. Good lad. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that brings that brings it to, to a close for tonight. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, go Hawks. And, and hopefully we can end the season and the preseason on a win and, and score more than a touchdown and a field goal in a game. That'd be, that'd be lovely, please. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later.